Today's TMI tidbit is about the golden rule of doing to others what you want others to do to you. Uh, people, people can be really slick in changing it to be like, oh, treat others how they treat you. But that's actually um, very petty. And the Lord is actually dealing with me severely about that because um, I don't know. People make it hard to love them. Oh, wait, you're fighting to be petty? I am. <laughs> I, I actually, I'm actually fighting pettiness. I can actually be a really petty, petty person. Moment of vulnerability. Please don't come at me. But um, I don't know. It's just like it, it could it could be the it could be the smallest things. And I'm just like, well, why did you have to do that? But um, mm-hmm. but no, nah, the the principle is is actually really simple. And uh, for me personally, I I like people to be considerate and gentle and gracious to me because um, I know I have shortcomings, and I've um I I've been praying for God to make the people in my life more of those things. But but when it actually counts and they're not, I I match their energy. And I forget that I can't expect people to treat me the way I want if I don't treat people that way, no matter if they're gentle or not. And that's the Bible, and that's what I try to live by. You know, my mom said the other day, literally, because I was telling her about, well, I guess I was telling her about my own experience with wanting to be petty. And she said, an eye for an eye makes everybody blind. And I was like, yeah. I know you didn't make that up, but <laughs> that is facts. And so there's no there's no productivity and pettiness, even though it makes you feel good in the moment. You know, it's kind of like, well, who wins? Who wins after this? Right. You know, I definitely understand where you're coming from, though, because sometimes it's just like you're not going, you're not, you're not going to treat me, you're not going to act like you didn't just treat me like that. And then no. I want you to feel it. It's like that TikTok sound that goes like, when they go low, I go lower. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I used to be like, when they go low, I go to hell. No. <laughs> <laughs> but um, what I, the point I'm trying to make is like, it's not always guaranteed that if I'm gentle and considerate to one person, that that same person will be gentle and considerate with me because, you know, people, people aren't perfect. But someone will. Um, yeah. And if we if we put in good, then we get good out. And I try to remember that God does see everything anyway, and he'll always honor the good that we do. Exactly, exactly. And you reap what you sow. Also, vengeance, vengeance is the Lord's. So truly, we have to learn how to let things go. We get more peace that way. Right. And God said that he will not forget our labor of love. Mm-hmm. Hey y'all, I'm Dara and this is Free Indeed, a podcast for him, by him, through me. And today I'm actually here with a celebrity. This is this is actually a big deal. Um, the person with me is a force, I think, that is to be reckoned with by the grace of God. She is a mentor, a leader, a content creator, and pretty much a big sister. Um, I could go, I could really go on and on, but I will let her introduce herself what she does, and how we know each other. Um, her name is Lydia, and I'm really, I'm really excited you're here, Lydia. You have no idea. Um, 
Hi. That intro was that intro is better than mine. <laughs> <laughs> well, I could say, um, I am twenty seven years old, and I'm from Pittsburgh, PA. I'm part time student, full time ministry, um, and I'm happy to be here too. You really said all the best things about me, and so that's that's all I have for right now. <laughs> <laughs> um. We were actually talking before we recorded, but I told her to stop because I wanted to save all that goodness for the podcast. But how are you, Lydia? I I will say that I am I I told I told Dara before we got on here that I am in a strange place. A very strange place. Um in a good way, because I know I'm in transition. Um but there is so much resistance in that transition that it kind of makes you feel wobbly in the knees. So I'm in a good place, but my knees are shaky. I'll say that. And we can get into that later. Okay. Um, is there anything new in your life? Are you single? Let the people know. No, I'm playing. This is not the kind of show. It's actually not that kind of show. I'm definitely joking, but <laughs> is there anything that's new in your life? Um, yes, I, I'll be starting my, my new job this week. Yay. which is super exciting. I am excited to get back into the workforce and to begin balancing, you know, work life ministry again, because I was a former employee at one point, And then the Lord told, gave me permission and kind of escorted me out of my last position and brought me into just full-time ministry. But now I'm excited to get back into the swing of like actual, like real life living. I love that for you. At least one of us is working. <laughs> a long time coming girl 2022 was my last time it's been almost almost two years wow yeah um so the way uh lydia and i actually met was that lydia is um the founder of a christian ministry a christian young adult ministry and um i actually found it on tiktok but um lydia could you tell us how cwp came about Absolutely. So I graduated college in 2019. And when I got out, well, while I was in college, I was a part of a Bible study group um, called Unity. Uh, it doesn't matter. UCCM um, was what it was called. And I really enjoyed being with other young believers, having people who can pray for me and I could fellowship with who love the Lord as much as I did. And so when I graduated, I realized that I didn't have that when I got out. My church was mostly older adults, and um, there were older adults, and then you had the younger kids. There was no, there really was no young adult ministry at my church. And so I looked all over Pittsburgh, myself and my friend, we were looking for young adult ministries for us to join, and we could not find any. And to this day, I know that was the Lord because I know they existed, but because I couldn't find them. Um, the urgency for me to start it was planted in my heart. And long story short, I told the Lord, I didn't want to do that. I said, I don't want to start a ministry. I don't want to start a Bible study. I don't want to teach. I don't really like people for real. You want me to, I don't like public speaking. <laughs> you want me to do that? And um, it got to that point where I just could not rest until I did the thing. And so we started off our first Bible study, April 20th, 2020. Um, and we had 12 people and now, you know, we would, to this day, we, our max, we max out the zoom multiple times at a hundred people for our Bible study to this day. So we're three year old, three years old now, 
Um, but yeah, that's that's our origin story, our our short origin story. No, because CWP has really had a huge impact on my life, and uh, yeah, I, I actually love it here. Um, and we love you here. Well, oh, thank you. <laughs> but is that all I want to say? I know. Yeah, I think so. But before we continue, let's pray. Father God, I thank you for bringing Lydia here and allowing her to share wisdom. I just pray that we have a fruitful conversation and we plant seeds into the lives of those who are listening. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Yeah, the topic of this episode by the title is Making an Altar for God. And where I'm going with this is having a reminder of what God did for you to show you he is your God not your pastor's God or Tony Evans' God, if anyone still knows who Tony Evans is, or who else Who else are people listening to? Um, Stephen Furtick's God. No, like what he did to show you that he is your God. And an altar is needed for those who feel like they're in some sort of wrong standing with God, which always brings pain to my chest because the notion of being in wrong standing with God when you're in Christ is ridiculous when we have someone like Jesus interceding for us constantly. But for those who know or have known Christ and have fell into a bit of self-condemnation or a season where feeling his love and his presence is difficult, this is this episode is specifically for you. I've been through it. I'm sure, Lydia, you have been through it. And I know some people listening are probably going through it right now. Um, so Lydia, I actually want to just ask you a few questions before we dive into scripture. Um, what is an altar to you? Okay, so an altar to me is a place of sacrifice and a place of worship is dedicated um, to for a believer because, you know, not all altars are for Christian, um, but to a believer, it is a place that is dedicated for worship for God. And uh, what do you believe that altars serve as? Well, you did say like worship and sacrifice. So um, I could add on to it. Okay, yeah, sure. Um, so what an altar serves as uh, for me, it's like it's a physical, like a visible um, place dedicated to to experiencing the Lord. Like you don't just go to an altar in my mind. You don't just go to an altar and and leave your sacrifice there, walk away you go to an altar specifically to experience the Lord, whether that be asking him for forgiveness or reverencing him. It's intended for you to encounter God when you go to an altar. Right. And um, do you think an altar is only spiritual or can it be, can it be physical as well? Absolutely. It can be physical. I think um, because of, the nature of an altar. I think it started off physical before it became spiritual. Um, when we heard about altars in the Old Testament, these were physical places dedicated to sacrificing, you know, animals, you know, in accordance to or or for the forgiveness of sins and things like that. Um, so it was physical in my in my opinion. It was physical before it was spiritual. Right, and you did mention that, um, like, altars aren't always godly so mm -hmm. like what would be what, what could be an example of like an ungodly altar 
um witches you know voodoo priests priestesses they they create altars as well because again worship doesn't always have to be to god worship can be to any god that you um that you uh believe in and some of the god any any god that's not our god is demonic and so i've seen a lot of different types of witch uh, altars created by witches and um again even even if it's not like some sort of uh ritual it could be um it could be a place of just um idolization you know where you put your um wickedness or evil or whatever it is that is before god that's what i would say a place where you worship wickedness or darkness outside of the christian god the only god right and i would even want to add that if you if someone is living like an unrepented sinful life like living promiscuously or um i don't know like living in some sort of addiction i feel like that is sort of like an ungodly altar in their heart mm-hmm. like because oh, yeah. that's, what that's what you're worshiping pretty much um but yeah so that was that's it for all the questions for now but um i do want to i do want to go into scripture because um if you're not new to this podcast you know i'm a bible nerd and i do have pieces of scripture for us to dissect and the first is actually in genesis 8 verse 20 to 21 and it reads then noah built an altar to the lord and took every clean animal and of every clean bird and offered burnt offerings on the altar and the lord smelled a soothing aroma and the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground for man's sake. Although the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth, nor will I again destroy every living thing as I have done. So what's going on? As we read, um, I, wanted, I want you to notice three things. First, what is happening at the time, what Noah did, and how God responded. So what is happening? So God had just destroyed the earth. And don't ask me why. Ask God. No, I'm saying, but uh, but God can definitely give a better answer than I. But that's not the point. I'm going off topic. Um, the Lord had, um, no, the world had gotten really bad, and God said it was time for a redo. And this couldn't really have been a a happy time nor an easy one. And Noah and his family were the only ones left. They had been spared from destruction and God had performed a big miracle for them. God showed Noah that he was Noah's God. So what did Noah do? Noah builds an altar and he makes an offering on that altar. He gives something that is hard to come by, something big. Um, I went on God questions to look up what an altar represents. And it says that an altar always represented a place of consecration. And it's a reminder of an encounter that happened between God and man. And Noah honored the encounter he had with God with something to not only give him glory, but also not forget, because we know human beings can be forgetful. And then finally, what did God do? God God had to have been pleased because he was he was moved and he made a promise, a promise to never again flood the earth and gave a rainbow as a symbol of that promise. And Noah makes a symbol to never forget. So Noah makes a symbol never to forget. 
what God did for him. And God actually does the same thing. And God doesn't need to use a reminder of his promises because they're sure and they're complete and they will come to pass. And what he says is, but he saw it fit to do so anyway. And that's the power of having an altar, a reminder of how one met with God specifically with miracles. So with all of that being said, what are your thoughts on this, Lydia? Does anything stick out to you? And can you remember a miracle that God did for you that actually came in clutch? So one thing that really stood out to me regarding this passage was where it says God smelled a sweet aroma. I love that because even though this, again, this is one of those um, literal sacrifices, when we look at it in the modern times, spiritualizing, you know, the reality of an altar, um, when we sacrifice to God, it is sweet to him. Like he loves that. And when, like our worship is sacrificed when we praise and we, we, we lay ourselves down, we, we put our flesh at the altar. When we put the desires that we have, our sinful desires at the altar, we give it to God. He loves that. And um, that part just really stood out to me because sometimes it feels like, you know, it's so painful for us to, to give these things that we actually want for ourselves. Um, but when we give up what we want, what our fleshly desires are, and we give it to God, oh my gosh. Just the fact that it's considered sweet to him just makes me feel all warm inside. <laughs> I just love that so much. Um, and a time where God made a promise, you said when he made a promise to me? When he, yeah, can you remember a miracle God did for you? Like a big miracle where he showed you that he was, you are God. There, are, I, I have multiple, well, like I said, I'm 27 years old. I haven't lived that much life, but I do, I can say that, um, I never doubted the Lord's presence in my life. Um, I'll say that one thing that really weighs heavy on me um, is my um, school debt. Okay. My school debt is one of my biggest burdens to this day. Yeah, I will never, I'm not going to sit here and act like it's not. Um, but yeah, my school debt is one of my biggest burdens to this day. And there was one time where I just did not have the money to pay for the amount that was due at at a specific time. And so I was crying and I was upset and I was like, well, Lord, the day has come, you know, we've already, we reached the end of the grace period. And if I don't make this amount, then da, 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 da. But in the back of my mind, I always know that in times like this, God desires to show us him. He desires to show himself. And so I said, there is a reason why I don't have the money right now. So I told the Lord, I am believing you to be a provider for me in this time. And it was crazy because the following day, I had received a random check in the mail. <laughs> random check in the mail for $2,000. And I was like, oh, wow. No, 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 no. Okay, <laughs> like... It's like, God, you do too much. You do way too much. <laughs> like, I know, I know, you know, God is God is God and he he's always going to be God. He's gonna do things however he wants to do it. But what I one thing I know about him is that he's going to ensure that he gets the glory. That's so and cool. there is no way that I can say that I went to the bank and requested because I just can't take credit for that. I just can't take credit for it. Two thousand dollars 
So, and I was able to use that to cover the amount that was due. And I didn't, what, I mean, what else can you do but just cry out and worship? Right. Truly. Amen. Um, I love, I really love God's, um, God's provision because mm-hmm. this year, like for me, I think God has really showed out with provision because, um, I've been on, how many trips have I been on this year? Like one, two, three, four, about four trips. And I didn't really pay anything. Like I will, all four trips have been sponsored. And mm-hmm. I, didn't, I didn't even know how I was going to go on these trips, but I was like, you know, Lord, if it's your will, it's, it's your bill. And he said, yep. like, it was just like trip after trip was covered and it was covered in full. Mm. So like that's really, that's really how God came in clutch for me. Yeah. Um, right. And it's just, I don't know. It's just amazing to think that, dang, like God has heaven at his disposal. It's really not that much for him to do but even when he does it i'm just like wow god you you really did it again yes and he doesn't do anything part way right he's not a halfway god at all so that was noah's story but now let's read genesis 13 verses 14 to 18 um and it says and the lord said to abram after lot had separated from him lift your eyes oh no no i don't And the Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him, lift your eyes now and look from the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, and westward. For all the land which you see, I give to you and your descendants forever. And I will make your descendants as the dust of the earth, so that if a man could count the dust of the earth, then your descendants also could be numbered. Arise, walk in the land through its length and its width, for I give it to you. Then Abram moved his tent and went and dwelt by the terebinth by the terebinth trees of Mamre which are in Hebron and built an altar there to the Lord so what is going on here um this is actually one of the most important things that happened in scripture part of which we benefit from today and this is the promise given to Abraham because of his faith Abraham trusted in God and did did right and God said that he would bless him in a really big way so Abraham moves and he builds an altar to commemorate that promise in our lives today God still speaks and he still has a plan a good one for his children often many things may come in the way to take our attention away from that plan and make us forget the promises he's made but that's where the altar comes in here in in this context the altar for Abraham was a symbol of God's promise and that he will keep his word. I actually made an altar with every answered prayer that I have, and I use it to remember God's faithfulness. I always remind myself when I'm feeling doubtful or uh, anxious that if God did it before, that he will do it again because the enemy likes to play on the mind and he likes to play with your faith. And if he can take away your faith, he can cause you to act in a way that is hasty or trying to take control of the situation and um, basically ruin what God has already planned. But God is gracious. And um, I use that as a physical, as a physical altar, but an altar can also exist in our hearts. We just have to remember. 
And I'm telling you that remember has been my word of the year. Um, I came into this year expecting harvest, reaping and rest. And God taught me that in order to get to that harvest, reaping and rest, I would have to remember what he already did. So Lydia, what do you use to remember? Or how do you remember a promise that God made to you? I'm really big on journaling. And so um, when I, I don't do it as consistently as I did before, but um, anytime God does something that is just undoubtedly God, I write it down. And there were, you know, I, I like to go back into my old journals and read what I wrote down at a specific season and time of my life and be like, wow, that was what I was going through at the time. And then I look at today and see how the Lord moved on my behalf outside of that. You know, when I wrote it at the time, of course, I was just writing it in the moment, not realizing that I, it was like it was a setup, you know. And so I love to journal. Um, I put the dates on it so that I can see where I was at that specific time. And then I can look back and be like, it took one year for the Lord to move. It took three months for the Lord to move. It took one day. You know, I feel like you can't, it's, it's okay to try and keep it on. Some, some people have that supernatural energy, not energy, memory. Um, and that's fine. I'm not one of those people. Anyone that knows me knows I have a horrible memory, which is why I have to write, I have to write things down. And so I just love the feeling of going back and reading about where I was or how bad I was crying or how bad I was hurt. And then looking forward and be like, wow, God really moved. And now I can be here and look at that time and be like, I couldn't have got out of there without the Lord. Right. And um, how has a promise that God made to you been tested? <laughs> one thing that I'm never short on is words and so the Lord is always giving me a word I go to church and people see me and someone's like oh the Lord wants me to tell you this the Lord wants me to tell you that of course I test it you know of course I see if it's something that truly is for me or confirming with the Lord first and foremost um but there are some words now I can remember I can look back on this day in 2018 when I walked into New Year's service late with my family and the pastor or the guest speaker was was preaching and we got there at the tail end and sat down and the man at the front again he has a microphone but the clothes he stops everything he looks at me and he says you with the white hoodie can you stand up please and it just I was like ain't no way this man talking about me and so he was talking to me so I stood up and he said the Lord wants you to know that it's already paid and he's opening the doors of heaven. And, and it was something along the lines of um, nothing is going to be withheld from me in regards to like treasures and finances. Okay. And so I received that word back in 2018. And I was like, cool, cool, hey, I'll take it. You know, I love riches in heaven. I want to experience riches in heaven. Right. Um, and I receive words like that uh, frequently, but I do not live that out. Okay. So I get these words about this, um, my debts being paid. Again, I've gotten this, this word multiple times and it's from people I've never spoken to about my debt. I get these these words. But if you look at my circumstance now, again, me just now getting back into the workforce, um, the amount of loan debt, I have $100,000, 100 
plus thousand dollars worth of school debt left to pay. And they're constantly like, this is a monthly payment that I have to make. Um, I often struggle with believing that this thing people keep telling me is already paid is paid when I'm still being required to dig into my empty pocket to pay for it, you know? Uh, but this is where, this is again, how I can tell you that God is with me because somehow every month I'm able to get these things paid. Okay. And this is me without a job, you know, and this is ministry. Ministry doesn't pay um, unless, you know, unless you have it set for to do that. Ministry does not pay. And so for me, it's kind of a wonder. And I'm just, I just be in awe because I am literally in lack of nothing, even though I have nothing, you know, even though I feel like I have nothing, I don't have my job, I don't have my car, I don't have the things that these people keep speaking over me, I don't have those things, I don't see it, it's not tangible, but the reality is I'm still able to press forward until I get it, or until I see it, which tells me that it it is already done, I just have not seen it yet my goal is to reach that point but the lord always provides and he makes a way until i get to that point and so it's that's the testing the lord the my faith is constantly being tested about this this debt being gone or this debt being paid and i'm like is it me that's going to pay it is someone else going to pay it but that doesn't matter if god says that it's paid it's already paid right period exactly and i feel like the way God provides is like he provides in a way that you'll know it's him because it didn't happen the way you expected it to. Mm-hmm. Like it's like even with your debt, you would think like, oh, someone's just going to come and just cover all my debt. Or, you know, one day there's going to be a mistake in the system and they're going to say, oh, your debt's clear. Yes. But that's not how God's going to do it. Like God is going to have to actually use your own faith in order yeah. to it's not going to be it's not going to be this calculated thing like you have to actually trust him to do it exactly trust that it it will be done and one thing about god too is god comes in like last minute it'll be like right (laughs) right when it's due boom here yep it wouldn't be him it would not be him if he didn't exactly exactly you have to trust that up until that moment like you know it's it's the 11th hour god like where are you and trust that he's still coming yeah yeah and that's it right there and even though it's painful and we hate it mm-hmm. it's it's needed for our faith to be strengthened to get us through the next trial that is guaranteed to come right. so it's necessary which is why i don't mind it anymore I used to hate it now. And I still, you know, to this, I'm not going to lie and say I don't hate it still. But it makes me excited to know, oh, man, God is about to move. Because we at, it's 11.59.59. Like this thing, if if I, if you don't, if he doesn't come through right now, I could lose my house. If he doesn't come through right now, I could lose my family. But that's how you know God's about to, he's about to do a great thing. But we have to stand in faith. That's it. And it's it's also why like we shouldn't really make those hasty decisions and move, mm-hmm. you know, move on impulse because we make mistakes. Like you really have to trust that God is going to do what He said. Like His word is enough; it will not return to Him void. Yeah. And the word says that He watches over His word, so He is literally watching His word come to pass. Mm. Like imagine, like 
I don't know. Like there, there's just something about God's word that is just so definite because it's yeah. like if God says it is paid, that means he has paid it. It is paid. Mm-hmm. Not like there's that's not a, a possibility or a suggestion or like even a prediction. Like it is paid. Come on. So it's already done. Right. So I feel like we just have to keep remembering that God said this. So that's what it is and however it comes it's gonna come like amen yeah we just have to wait on it but um moving on the next scripture that i want to look at is in genesis 33 and i think this is the last scripture actually that we're going to go into but it's genesis 33 from verse 18 to 20 and it says then jacob came safely to the city of shechem which is in the land of Canaan, when he came from Paid and Aram. And he pitched his tent before the city. And when he brought the parcel of land where he had pitched his tent from the children of Hamor, Shechem's father, for 100 pieces of money, then he erected an altar there and called it El Elohi Israel. So basically what is going on is Jacob Jacob had just seen his estranged brother Esau, whom he was scared of because he had robbed Esau of his birthright and his blessing. And Jacob was dead scared. And he thought that this man was going to literally kill him. And rightfully so, because Jacob had done a lot of wrong, but the Lord actually came through for Jacob. Jacob is now traveling to Canaan. And just a mini spoiler alert, Canaan is the promised land, but it just hasn't been inhabited yet. But anyway, Jacob had made it safely to a town in Canaan. And there he builds an altar for God. And God caused Jacob to find favor with his brother, and Jacob didn't even have to lift a finger. On the way to Jacob, God had touched Esau's heart and allowed him to reconcile with Jacob. And God did all of the -the behind-the-scenes work. And not only did Jacob find favor with Esau, but he made it safely um, to where he was going, and he built an altar calling calling the altar um, God the true God because God had been with him. Um, And I know for me, God will always give me reminders of his favor and protection through people based on what I've read in his word. And it's always at the right time. God speaks to me first in his word. And when I'm still doubting and when I'm still um, unbelieving, he'll send people to confirm it. And there are so many instances, um, and one of one of them is when there was a word that he gave me when I was scared to use the gift of tongues. And God told me, he put it in my heart, that in order for me to become more comfortable, I have to practice speaking in it. And I feel like people believe that tongues is just this, this, this gift that you have, and then boom, you're an expert. But no, I wasn't going to automatically just become confident in a tongue that I've never spoken before if I'm not using it especially in my quiet time but god had confirmed that word um the very next sunday because i heard a girl give a testimony about that very same thing about practicing speaking the speaking in tongues to be more confident yeah you have to practice it so not only am i sure that he gave me the gift but he had also comforted me with the insecurity i had and i just i just really like that reminder um I don't know. I just I like that. I like that he that he let me know that I wasn't um, 
I wasn't wrong. Like the word he gave me was was the word he gave me essentially. But uh, can you relate, Lydia? Like, can you remember either God doing behind the scenes work to show you favor or um, just like confirmation of a word that he had given you? I think a lot of my, not I think, but a lot of my testimonies come from the financial <laughs> financial areas of my life because that that's really the biggest burden for me and so I truly believe that every time I have a debt to pay or a bill to pay again me being unemployed yet still somehow I'm able to make it make the payment you know random check in the mail you know random gift like someone just be like, hey, I was thinking of you. <laughs> and they send like $500 or something. And I'll be like, what? <laughs> like, why? How? And it'd be, and it's funny, it, it would be the exact amount, you know, that I would need. And it, and that's how I know. Because it would be, and I'm telling you, like, this literally happened last month. Someone just was like, hey, Lenny, how are you? I'm like, hey, I'm doing fine. And she goes, Hey, listen, the Lord told me to do this. I'm just going to be obedient. And she asked for my cash app and she sent the exact amount that I needed for um, a bill that was coming up. And I didn't tell her nothing. She didn't know that I had it coming up. I, it was just something that I cried to the Lord about. I'm like, look, if I've been applying for work and I haven't gotten a job yet, how am I supposed to cover these things? And I don't like to be a burden on my parents. Um, and so when he does stuff like that, and he does stuff like that often. That's how I know he's looking out for me, without a doubt. Right. And I feel like these these types of instances happen so that, you know, when we are in a season of waiting and waiting for a long time, we have to remember this. Like these are our these are our, our altars basically. Um so if there was a confirmation that God had given you, or um, I don't know, just like small ways that God has done something behind the scenes to, to show you favor, like hold on to it because that's actually going to serve as a reminder of how God is, is your God. Like he's looking out for you. He's always, he's always looked out for you and he always will. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's all I have today as far as scripture, but uh, I just want to encourage anyone listening that feels far from God or discouraged because of things that are happening that may be throwing you off course or even someone who is about to act on impulse because they've been waiting for so long and they feel like God has not come through. So I just have to do this one little thing to get ahead. Remember how God has shown you that he is your God and how being your God does not include leaving you or forsaking you. That being your God does not include his love ceasing, nor does it mean that he has ceased doing good in your life. God is incapable of doing bad, so you can trust him. Please trust him. Stop saying that, oh, because I, because I didn't do such and such, God is mad at me. Hebrews says that we don't have a high priest who cannot empathize with us. God is able to put himself where you are and understand how you feel. He's not judging you. Remember how you met him and just go to him. Approach his throne. Lydia, is there anything you want to add? 
Yes, I do. Actually, I have another testimony and I wasn't going to bring it up, but I just feel like I have to because I, I, somebody is probably about to settle for something and God has better for you. When I was applying for the job that I got, it was not the only job I was applying for. Um, I had received an offer for a position prior to that, which was a, it was uh, it was one of those smaller paying jobs because I knew that, you know, I knew they would hire me. It was a smaller paying job. And I applied for it. They called me and said, hey, we want to interview. Got the interview. Told me that I was hired. Okay. I was not satisfied with that. I was not satisfied. Even though I needed the work, I needed the money. I was like, well, God, this is, this don't even look like you. <laughs> this don't look like you. You know, I know that you see me, you see the need that I have, you know, financially. And this doesn't seem like the position that is going to meet that need. And so, you know, I was due to start the following week and I said, let me just tell him yes. And da, 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 da. And then I'll work for a little bit. And then if I get a better job, then I'll, I'll release it. All right. Fast forward the day before I'm supposed to start. They call me and tell me that um, hey, we can't really, we can't take you on anymore. It's, uh, they, they said that they had hired too many people or something like that. So they told me that I couldn't work there. And I was like, oh, okay. So then I said, all right, Lord, I, I, I've applied for this position and it's, it's eight, it's $5 more than this first one. And I'm going to trust you for it. So I, I, um, they called me, they said they want to interview. I did two interviews with them. And they said they'll call me back. Okay, this is this is funny. I promise it's not going to be too long. It's funny to me anyway. Okay, so this is the second job I, I applied for, the one that I want. Okay, did the two interviews. Now the first job that paid less called me again and said, "Hey, we want to. We can take you back. You know, we can take you on, and we can start on this day. If you, you know, if you if you would like to, we can start on this day. And this is here. I had to determine how desperate am I for money." You know, how desperate am I to settle for this lower paying job that I don't really want, but they're willing to hire me immediately? Or am I willing to trust God and see if he's going to give me the higher paying one? And so I waited and I called the, the, the first job back and I told them, hey, I'm not going to take the position. You know, I'm unavailable to take the position for now. Thank you for the offer. And I waited. OK, I waited. Like another week and a half goes by. They call me. They I need to take a third interview, and I was like, okay, <laughs> okay, it's my third. What, do you want me or not? Do you want me or not? Take the third interview, and then that same day I took the third interview. I got the job. Okay, I got the job. This one was five dollars more than the first one, and it was more convenient. Okay, and it was remote like I had wanted. The other one I had to go into the office. This one was remote like I had prayed for. And all I, I said that to say that when God tells you that he is going to exceed your expectations, you have to believe him. When God says he's going to give you more than you can ask or think, you have to believe him. And when the enemy tries to send you a counterfeit blessing or when he tries to send you something smaller than what you think you deserve, don't take it. Do not take the bait because right. that is also a test of your faith. Exactly. Do not take the bait. I believe God for more and he will give it to you. Right. That's it.
Like, you know, the, um, the saying it's expensive to be cheap and compromising is basically is cheap, but it will cost you. It mm-hmm. seems easy, you know, cause it's like, oh, you know, I've been waiting. Here's this get rich quick type of thing. And then it ends up costing you because you, you compromise what God told you. Exactly. Exactly. No compromise in 2024. No, in 20, end of 2023 to 2024, no compromise. Right. Remember what God told you and hold on to it. Hold fast to it. Don't try to find the easy way out because the easy way out doesn't pay. It doesn't last either. Yes. Well, um, that's pretty much it. I hope you all understand the importance of an altar, which can be physical, like the physical representation of where you met God. But most importantly, it's it's in your heart. Silence all of the loud voices and remember. I don't know how many times I've said remember in this one episode, but I'm going to say it again. Remember. So the takeaways um, from this is that an altar is a commemoration of an encounter you had with God, and it is also a reminder or a symbol of God's promise to you. Please repeat this after me. Um, Lord, I thank you for touching my heart and letting me know more of you today. I lay my old life at the door and walk into a new life with you. I confess that you died, you rose, and you will come again. I confess that from today I live for you. I am free by your blood. I am no longer a sinner. You are now my Lord and Savior. Thank you, God. And if that was your first time saying it, or you've said it before, I want to give you a warm welcome to the kingdom. Thank you for listening. This is free indeed. Please be sure to tune in every other Monday, everywhere they do podcasts. Also, if you have any questions or anything like that, uh, please reach out to me on my social media. I do respond. Always remember the freedom you have in Christ, and I will talk to y'all later.